the free for all roundtable round one Joining me on the panel today, Toronto lawyer Karim Assad, Vaz Bednar, Executive Director of the Digital Society at McMaster University, and Toronto City Councillor Shelley Carroll. Good morning to all. So um, here's something interesting. The Health Minister, Sylvia Jones, who, by the way, has a press conference at 10 o'clock with Doug Ford, and we have no idea what that's going to be about, but uh, regarding nursing shortages, etc., here's what the Health Minister had to say. So, in fact, we have not seen a mass exodus of nurses leaving the system. What we have are nurses and healthcare pr- practitioners who have a lot of options to choose when they want to practice nursing in the province of Ontario. Alright, so there's been no, no nurses have left the healthcare system. What I'm saying is that there are many opportunities for nurses to practice in many different pathways. Okay, uh, Shelley, I understand you take some tiny exception to that. Well, you know, this is the worst kind of spin. And as politicians, people hate it when we double speak like this. What, what she means by a lot of options is nurses are retiring so that they're not constantly asked to work 60-hour weeks throughout a, a healthcare crisis. They retire and then they come back on a part-time basis to fill gaps. But we have, we have so many gaps that even that's becoming unmanageable. Yes, nurses are leaving the system. And then contracting back at probably higher rates. But just admit it, it's been a very difficult three years. All right. Um, but, it, yeah. but they're also, uh, Karima, they're not just leaving to do, uh, Shelley is right, but also some of them are just literally leaving the country. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to blame them. Um, I am just, th- those comments are so out of touch um, with what appears to actually be happening and you know in light of the government's recent loss um in court uh, with respect to bill 124 um now i think is the time for a shift in messaging because this simply uh emphasizes the fact that the government doesn't really care about nurses okay well you're a lawyer so you know that uh, this is not actually a complete loss they go to the um appeal and there that's same um, limitation on wages was put in place in other provinces and found by their courts to be constitutional. So it's not a done deal, is it? Well, the the government has expressed that they plan to appeal, um, which, you know, has been their track record for all of the legislation they've taken up um, and they've gone all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, It's a loss um, for taxpayers, certainly, um, in, in funding these expensive uh, lawsuits and litigation. And, and we'll see what the appeal court says. But uh, one thing that was striking from the decision uh, was the judge reviewing the evidence and saying that there's not really any basis, any financial basis for this. Okay. Well, as I said, other courts have found the same thing, and it's not it, it it's not as expensive to fight this as it is to give out big raises. But Vaz Bednar, how do you see it? I mean, I see it as uh, bordering on misinformation just narratively, right? When we're not talking about hard numbers and we're, again, like Shelley said, spinning, oh, they've got a lot of options. You know, let's not discount or undercut the experiences that we know nurses are having, the stories that they're telling, and what it means for our healthcare system that we hope to be able to access uh, in the event that we need it. And I'm 
hoping none of us have to access it because it does not seem like a good time right now. Ontario auto insurance premiums rose 14% since 2017, according to the um, Auditor General as a part of her report. I don't understand why Ontario has the highest rates. There should be some sort of uh, break for just the mass of population and the amount of um, premiums they could sell. I don't know what government can or should do about it. What do you think, uh, Shelley Carroll? Well, you know, it, it, for, for years now, and this crosses all parties, because everyone's promised to lower insurance rates in Ontario. Well, I think we could go all the way back to the NDP provincial government for crying out loud. And it, it just makes no sense in, in a business model. Uh, uh, you know, they say, you know, you have a lot of accidents. It's very dense population in, in some parts of Ontario. But why are we all paying higher rates no matter where we live when Cars are getting safer, so there are less, you know, significant uh, uh, accident suits than there used to be in the olden days. Speed limits are being lowered across the GTA, particularly in Toronto. We're lowering speed limits, which is which is causing, uh, um, albeit slight, reduction in accidents. But that the numbers are moving down, not up. There's no explanation for in the very same years when those things are happening, the rate should be going up by by double digit percentages. And and provincial governments, term after term after term, keep promising to do something about it, and it and it seems to be going in the opposite direction. Yeah, well, of course, you have to admit that the Liberal government uh, under Kathleen Wynne, it wasn't a promise, it was a stretch goal, as we might recall. Uh, Vaz, do you think that the government can or should do something about it? I I think the government should try to do more. My understanding is very basic, and now I don't want to border on misinformation, but that there are certain, you know, complex factors due to regions kind of... uh, history with history with accidents, uh, you know, just um, what sort of feeds into how this is algorithmically managed, right? Like this is a very data-driven calculation. Um, and I think in this inflationary period, especially, and I've said it before, people are appropriately more price conscious than ever before. But really, though we have weak consumer protection groups, consumers themselves are pushing for more explainability and trying to understand why is this amount what it is? And I think more and more we're seeing that it's challenging for the firms themselves to justify it. And the thing I don't like yeah. is, I mean, I don't like the high premiums, but I also don't like this sub-narrative of the pandemic might have hindered the government's commitment to lower costs, right? The pandemic might have gotten in the way. I think people are really tired of hearing that. We're tired of the pandemic for sure. But for government to function, right, how is it? How do you rationalize to people that actually we fell behind on our work on insurance premiums because of the pandemic? That's, you know, people are getting it's like, come on, yeah. we are doing work. We've set goals. Let's get it done. I find that uh, hard to believe on anything because uh, nobody in government lost their jobs. So they should have been doing their jobs as far as I'm concerned. But Karima, I think that, um, you know, it's true that the insurance agencies, the insurance business is very data driven. And they've looked at it and decided, uh, why do we charge these kinds of prices in Ontario? Because we can. 
everyone needs insurance. Um, so you have a very captive market in that sense. And, you know, some of the, the commentary on, well, why is it a different price in this postal code versus that one? And I'm the same driver with the same record. Um, and, and the notion that, okay, if, if that was changed, you know, some people's rates would go up and others would go down. Um, it's not really satisfactory given that uh, Ontario as far as accidents goes um, we're not at the top of the list but we we do pay the most. All right now um, at the last minute because there was some sort of November 30th deadline apparently um, the province has said they will fund about a third of Toronto's budget hole sitting there on city council Shelley Carroll did the councillors and the mayor all think well they're going to do it anyway I mean they will do it. Well, the thing is, they, they did say they would do it in terms of helping make us whole uh, because of the, the pandemic for as long as it was. It was really creating a whole largely due to the drop in, in ridership on the transit system. Both the province and the federal government did say they would help us. We just had to prove they were COVID expenses and we've done that. And so we, we really have been biting our nails because we expected this early after announcing the budget in early 2022 and we're almost about to uh to to launch 2023's budget and finally we're seeing this gap being filled i should point out though that you know we're unique in 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 having to do this because a a major city like ours in any other province in uh, in canada a major city's transit system is already annually given operating funds for their transit system and so when covid happened they didn't have this giant instant budget gap when when people got off the buses and subways Uh, montreal just continued to receive the funding they always do because we don't get it every year it created this real problem and so it it was real welcome news to uh, to hear this yesterday but they give and take away because at the same time they have adopted the bill that takes away the the uh, the the uh, requirement of developers to pay the rate of development charges they used to so we got our our uh, our, our, our um, uh, budget uh, gap money but we will now lose about 200 to 223 million a year in development charges we need to build infrastructure so you're you're never done having the conversation between governments all right but uh, karima we have this situation which i think is uh too overdone where the municipalities are a creature of the province so if that's the case then uh like a parent the the, the provincial government is responsible for the communities It cuts both ways, um, especially considering how interventionist uh, the Ford government has been with respect to municipalities and interfering with um, the setup for elections, ballots, etc. And and the strong mayor concept. Um, If if all of that holds true, then uh, I I agree that the, the money should flow. Vaz, what do you think? I mean, I think it back to narratives and what people are paying attention to there's just going to be a sort of vibe where it's like oh not so strong mayor anyway like what's going on we've got a surplus provincially we need funds and we're just sort of knocking on a door here you know anyway i hope that toronto gets the funding that it needs it's a complex time but for in terms of the political narrative that happens with it 
uh, it's it's tiresome. I think it's tough to justify. Okay, I'm going to float this because we only have about a minute, but it's something that I've pushed on a regular basis, which is I think we need a major change in government. It'll probably never happen in that too much power is at Queen's Park and the, the municipalities should have a stronger hand in how they run their affairs and, and the provinces as well. Some of the provinces are fighting back, like Alberta right now, uh, against the federal government. So, uh, Shelley, what do you think? Here, here, Jerry. Yes, we should. Uh, but, but you know, we want that power to, to still be there in a in in a democratic way. Because um, really, what it should come down to is 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 what the voters want. And again and again, I hear this over and over again. Voters would like to see us having independence. That that the constant having to go up the hill to Queens Park for things that we know would be good for Toronto um, uh, is 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 just uh, tiresome. People have trouble understanding it. And and you know we continue to ask for for more independent sources of revenue. Um, you know all this toing and froing over COVID, and and we've said for a long time. You know a simple thing like when they took away two cents of our, our sales tax, things didn't really change for us in our, our daily lives. But we've said if a penny of that flowed to the municipality. That would be about a billion new dollars a year. We would not be going cap in hand all the time, but they would be dollars coming from higher income individuals, not out of a property tax pocket, which is a sort of an inadequate type of tax pot. Yeah. And so, you know, there are lots of ways we could we could solve this if we had independence in that way. Well, the mayor famously said I shouldn't have to go in short pants to Queen's Park, and I wish just once he'd do that, like literally. That'd be a visual. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're at, as, the, as the actual host of this show likes to say, we're on a racetrack. But Kareem Asad, Vaz Bednar, Shelly Carroll, thanks very much. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.